well, you gotta do something or just stand there and bleed. Well, I guess I can go and listen to episode 179 of the Retro Rewind podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, stations, scanning for Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers. I'm your Huckleberry. Uh, <laughs> Francisco Ruiz, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, XO. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. Play for blood, remember? I was just fooling about. I wasn't, and this time, it's legal. All right, XO. Let's do it. Say when. And also for this odd quotation of Tombstone, <laughs> we welcome aboard, for the first time, creator of the Grand Emperor's video gaming blog and longtime reflux capacitor, Brian Keating. Welcome, Brian. You're no daisy. You're no Daisy. <laughs> In addition to Brian, we also have backerboard voice actor, contributor to Breakroom Studios, and one of our chief entertainers, Nate Henderson. Hello. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Nate, uh, this is actually your 10th time serving on the ship, which means you wow. are now promoted to the highest rank you can achieve. And entertainment officer of the pod congratulations wow i am honored thank yes. you so much i believe our ship's cook tiny is preparing a cake so you can enjoy that in the officer's mess after the mission and congrats thank you yeah. thank you so much for having me on of course now that you have a quick flyby of who we are paul can you give us a quick overview of th of the production specs for tombstone all right, Tombstone was a pizza they made commercials about. You can bake it at home. Uh, what do you want written on your tombstone? Unless you're talking uh, about the film. I'm talking about the. You know what? I'm, no, no, I'm talking about an actual tombstone, Paul. I want all the specs uh, for an actual headstone, please. It's mostly gray with little specks of white and darker black, and then there's etchings on it. Can I get a gold inlay in the etchings? Yeah. This is boring. Let's talk about the movie. Okay, let's do that. All right. The movie was actually, it's a Christmas movie because it was released on December 25th of 1993 for that holiday spirit running well over two hours by 10 minutes. It's rated R for some weird reason. And it was directed by uh, George P. Cosmo. Motes. I'm sorry. He probably wow. got fired and then replaced by Kevin Jair. Uh, nope. Kevin Jair got fired and was replaced by George P. Cosmatos. See, that's what it was. <laughs> it's hard to keep track of historical records after Mad Dog 10 and shot the record keeper. Anyway, uh, the lead stars of this film are Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton. The music was composed by Bruce Bruton. I don't know how you say that. Broughton? Maybe. Uh, I don't know right. either. You want to talk box office? Sure. All right, let's talk box office. Tombstone was made for $25 million and earned over $56 million at the box office. 
All right. Since 1978, there have been 106 movies in the Western genre released in theaters. So according to the money it made in the box office, the U.S. box office, how high do you think Tombstone ranks among the other 106 Western movies? Since 1978. Wow. I thought Western movies went back way to like the 30s, but... Yeah, there's more than 106. You just... But you just chose 106. That's where we're going to pick from. Yes. Okay. Uh, Let's start with Brian. What do you think... Where do you think Tombstone ranked? Uh, Probably the 10th highest grossing Western. 10th? Okay. Nate? Uh, I'll say 6th. Six. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's see. Any, if anyone has a guess in chat, feel free to uh, guess. For me, I'm going to say it's a lot lower, though. I'm gonna. Oh, Dale says twenty. All right, twenty for Dale. Um, I'm. You know, I, uh, 106. I'm gonna go all the way down to eighty because fifty-six million doesn't seem out. that high to me. So I'm gonna say eighty. Uh, all right. Well, Dale wins closest with sixteen. Oh, really? Oh, good job, Dale. So sixteen, really? Okay, what yeah. was what was the top, Paul? Um, dances with wolves. Oh, of it's course. West for some reason. Well, that, <laughs> it's, it takes place in the old west. What do you want, Paul? Well, it's not like it's more like, hey guys, I'm out in nature with the Indians. So rather than uh, cowboy western shoot 'em up, no, but this town ain't big enough for the both of us. There's, you know that kind of thing. It's more of a western epic as opposed to a spaghetti western. But regardless, uh, thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we will get to once Alice has located our target film. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. From Hollywood Pictures, they shared a past. Wired up with my friend. A trust. Thanks for always being there, Doc. And an enemy. I want your blood. Together, they fought a battle at the OK Corral. The West would never forget. Oh, my God. Come on! Kurt Russell is Wyatt Earp. Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday. They're bringing justice to Tombstone. Rated R. Yeah, that commercial definitely brings back some memories about Tombstone. Uh, But to give you some context for the things we collectively remembered most before our rewatch, let's see if our memory mind melt synopsis brings justice to Tombstone's storyline. Cowboys ransack a Mexican town, and the three amigos aren't there to stop it. The new sheriff in town, Jack Burton Earp, hires a posse composed of Iceman Martigan, Game Over Man Game Over, and James Elliott for reasons... Uh, bad guys kill Wyatt's brother. Doc Holliday asks to asks to be Johnny Ringo's Huckleberry, and Wyatt stays at Charlton Heston's ranch. Iceman delivers satisfying justice to the demon possessed Corporal Hicks. <laughs> there is a shootout at a tombstone, resulting in increased frozen pizza sales. Wyatt goes to see Doc in the hospital, where Doc gives him a book before he goes to heaven. And Wyatt finally gets the nerve to ask out the woman he's been commit- committing mental adultery with for the most of the movie. Oh, you know what? There's no actual tombstone pizza sales increase because of this. So uh, everything else seemed completely accurate to me, but that part was. 
concepted. Uh, but based on those memories, uh, not so flawed as they were. Uh, what rating did they lead you to predict for this movie before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with Nate. Classic. You predicted classic. What did you predict, Brian? Classic. Classic. How about you, Paul? I predicted nostalgic. Nostalgic? And I round us out because I predicted tragic. All right. Dun, dun, dun. Uh It'll be interesting to see if those predictions actually come true, though. Uh, but first, let's go get into our discussion of the things we liked most about Tombstone. Let's spin up our... Best three. Okay, let's go around and start with Brian. What's one thing you liked about this film? Well, I really like the way that, in comparison to previous movies done on, on Tombstone and on the OK Corral shootout, that this one gets a little bit uh, prettier... Uh, and slightly more realistic. Mm. Um, so, I mean, for me, that's definitely something where it kind of gets into the the different aspects, especially the, the way that we just kind of see this way that they rub the bat, you know, the, the Clantons and the uh, herbs just kind of continually rub each other the wrong way and continually see this breakdown of the relationship um, between them. Yeah, um, like this. This incident caused sparks. That incident mm-hmm. sparks from there. Um, so I mean, that's definitely something I thought, thought a lot of realism to the film, brought a lot of realism to the actual situation. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah, just this idea that it's almost that they're trying. I got this impression that they kept using if they just used enough violence, that would end the violence, but that just perpetuated more violence. So I thought yeah. that was yeah, that's definitely a, a very true to life aspect. Um, Nate, did were you just gung ho about the violence in this film? Was that something you liked, or was it something else? I started watching it when I was in when I was in high school. So, um, oh, really? Okay. Or like, yeah, I was a freshman in high school. It hit it like just the right time. So that that was about the time when I was starting getting in more like kind of rated R and violent movies. So I um, so for me for for an adolescent boy, it was just you know it was it was awesome. Nice. <laughs> Very I, cool. I liked the shootouts. I liked everything about it. Um, you know, I, uh, but yeah, it is, I think it is, I think it warrants the R as Paul was, um, kind of debating earlier. I think, uh, <laughs> I think there's some scenes in it that are just like, oh man, that's really, that's really messed up when you think about it. You know, it's like, you, you got to slap an R on some of those scenes. So. Yeah. So, but is that what you liked about the violence or was it something else? Oh no, no, I'm sorry. I thought you just asked if I like minded the violence. I was like, trying to, I was attempting a very poor segue to get you to say one of your likes. <laughs> Oh, see, you got to be more specific with me, Francisco. I thought <laughs> the movie moved at a good pace in that if you didn't like a scene, it wasn't going to be on for longer than a couple minutes, than mm. a few minutes, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they shot in so many different places that I don't feel like anything dragged. Um, and, and just the pacing, I just thought it was entertaining throughout the whole thing. I didn't even, even watching it for the hundredth time, I, I didn't... Uh, you know, I didn't. I wasn't particularly bored by any part. It's, uh, I just think it moves along at a good clip. Mm-hmm. That one guy dragged. What was that McMaster's when they brought him up to the ranch dragging? Uh, oh jeez! Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, Paul! Hopefully You're hilarious. I do now. <laughs> okay, well. Yes, McMaster's thought I was a drag. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Paul, how about you stop dragging us down and give us one of your likes for Tombstone? Wow. Okay. 
Just insult me, Wyatt. Harsh. You must be Francisca Ruiz. <laughs> Look, darling, it's Francisca Ruiz, the deadliest <laughs> podcaster since Wild Bill, they say. What do you think, darling? Should I hate him? For dragging me down? <laughs> Okay, put your cup away. Now, <laughs> one of the things that I liked about this is the plot. Just the idea mm. of, you know, going into town and, like, not wanting to get involved and then getting involved and then cleaning up the town. And, and it's a Western. If you don't like Westerns, I'm sorry that you're not going to like this film because it's a Western and I like Westerns. You like Westerns. All right. Well, something I liked about this film that didn't really have to... Well, I guess it could have worked even if it wasn't a western though i think it would have not worked as well was i have really enjoyed how and i've totally forgotten about this part but how white uh, goes into the orient and totally just the way he handles johnny played by i i was very surprised i was like is that billy bob thornton i'm like oh my gosh that's billy bob thornton so yeah. just the way he handles them and just slaps them is like are you just gonna sit there and bleed or are you gonna do it's just great i loved how that whole scene was set up. I thought it really showed us a lot about his character and just what he was, uh, how he, how he sort of carried himself. So I really appreciated that. Um, how Kurt Russell played Wyatt in that scene. Uh, let's go back to Brian. What's something else you enjoyed? Well, what I also liked about the, the movie was that it was in fact, if a Western epic, mm-hmm. and it made sure that they actually carried some of the historical scenarios. Mm-hmm. With them some of the things that actually happened. Like we do see the two different posses that, you know, we had the, the clans with their posse coming out of uh, tombstone with the County Sheriff. And, and that, that actually happened um, mm. to where, you know, the herbs were, you know, the U S Marshals. So you had that two clash of those two groups, uh, you know, basically in like a warlike situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of the many historical excellent you know, factually historical parts of the movie that, you know, I just kind of liked. Again, it wasn't something you saw in a lot of the other theatrical retellings of uh, of the Tombstone. Mm-hmm. I, I actually haven't seen any other uh, retellings. It does, I, I know of the Wyatt Earp, Wyatt Earp movie with Kevin Costner. Does that go into the OK Corral at all, or is that other aspects you know, of his I've life? Never, I've never seen that one. I mean, I know there was this. Gunfight at the OK Corral. There's uh, oh. my Clementine. You go back all the way to the the 30s. I mean, there's oh wow, okay, one or two, you know, tombstone related OK Corral related movies. Oh, okay, every decade. So <laughs> no, okay, I had no idea. Wow, okay, Western heavy, you know, 40s and 50s. Gotcha. But you liked how this sort of well, not only was this Western epic, but really stayed true to the history of it. True, stay true to history and some of the actual characters who lived in the town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, brought up Josie, who was actually a real person. You know, kind of went into Wyatt's wife and into his brothers. It was something we didn't see in a lot of the other movies. Totally, and uh, actually, you know, went that deep. It just just didn't give us a a buttery romance and the gunfight itself, and then just ended. It you know got into okay, well, here was the consequences of the actual gunfight at the okay corral and here's how it you know bled out into this war mm-hmm, mm-hmm. got it yeah totally um let's see nate what's something else you liked about tombstone um i like the standoffs 
more specifically, all the interaction between Doc and um, Rinko. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought that was really great. Like, like from the moment they meet each other, they just absolutely hate each other. It's like they're just like arch arch nemeses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they did a good job with a couple of encounters before the final standoff. Mm-hmm. So I think there was, I think there's a really good payoff at the end because you're just, you're rooting for doc to kill this guy. Um, and, and I just, I think that they, the, the, the interactions between them both really lead up to, um, to that conclusion really well. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, I, I, yeah. I totally I, see that. I really like that. Um, doc is not like a good guy. I mean, he, he does good <laughs> things, but, you know, he's obviously very, very flawed, but it's a bad a, guy. What's that? Say it. He's a bad guy. Well, he's, he's done a lot of bad things in his life and he, he tries to, to do the right thing at the end and help his, his, you know, his, his friend Wyatt. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it's just neat how an anti-hero is needed to take out the, just the pure evil. I would even argue demon possessed. Yeah. Uh, totally. uh, bad guy at the end. Um, so I just thought that was really, that was really neat. Now I'm curious, and I'd be curious of all your opinions. Going to the last scene between uh, Ringo and uh, Holiday, I, 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 so I rewound and watched it a couple times. It was really hard for me to follow. Uh, That's how Holiday, editing. how <laughs> then poor editing. It seems how Holiday was able to get Ringo. It, it seemed like he drew it really slow and somehow still got him. I was very confused. Did any of you experience that? Yeah. I but think it, I think it was like on a twist, right? Yeah, like he was he um he did like a quick twir- twist from the holster and mm. he sh- he shot it from his holster. And okay. I think I think what Johnny was doing is Johnny was more trying to like rip the gun out and and you know Aim and- it towards him, but all, you know Doc Doc just just twisted it out and got the, the exact right angle and just shot. Oh, okay. So maybe the thing, okay. Maybe I was experiencing it wrong. Cause I was expecting it to look a lot faster or something, but I think all because, because it, all he had to do was a quick wrist motion up and shoot. Then that you didn't need to be super fast because this takes a whole lot longer than just. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you for fast? explaining that. That until. helps. Was that fast? What? Was that fast? Until. <laughs> It's the uh, Nell from Maverick. Okay, I was gonna. I thought that sounded like Maverick. Another Western. Sure. Yes, <clears throat> which I might have liked more. Uh, let's continue on to. Let's see, Paul. What's your next like? My next like was the great dialogue, um, and a lot of the best lines, in my opinion, were delivered by Doc Holliday. Which, yeah. Oh, it, totally. Yes. Yeah. But my favorite was uh, <laughs> Frederick. Frederick Peepin Chopin. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't my favorite. I, I my assume f- it wasn't, but the way he delivered it was very, very on point. I was, I got a good chuckle out of that because I wasn't expecting it. Was it actually the the dialogue between Doc Holliday and Johnny Ringo when they were speaking different languages? Mm, the Latin. And yeah. I enjoyed it even more when I actually went to the internet to find out the translations of what they were saying to each other. Yeah, and it's it, it's very. Uh, quip and, and witty back and forth and completely makes sense oh i guess you're maybe it's a different translation than what i read it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me 
they were sparring back and forth in different oh. languages, and they were able to keep up and retort in, oh, okay. in separate languages. So um, it all goes back to the dialogue. Yes, totally. And you know what? The the dialogue wasn't the thing that made my next like, but uh, it actually my next like. I guess I guess more related to what uh, Brian was bringing up, which was um, how this the story seemed very close to the history. I felt like the location and the production design, the costuming. I thought that was all so rich and just really brought me into that this is taking place in the Old West back in, what was it, 1890-something or 1880-something? 18-something-something. 18-something. 1885, probably 1885. We have a time machine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll figure it out eventually. Exactly. Uh, so I really appreciated all the work that went into um, making this movie look like it could have happened back then. In the days so the of production. your, what was that? The production. Yes, the production. Yeah, exactly. That's why. Yeah. I, that's why I said production design. That was included yeah. in my list, Paul. Yeah, I was agreeing with you. Good. I'm glad. And let's talk about the most agreeable things about this movie. Our classic makers. Uh, let's start with. Hmm, who do I want to start with? Let's start with uh, Paul this time, actually. Wow. Francisco, you are my friend. <laughs> the thing that I liked most about this movie were the actors. And I just love to see each one. I wanted to see more and of the main actors. And then there were so many side actors that popped up every now and then. It's like, oh, he's from this. And oh, he's from that. That it, it Throughout the entire movie, it was just fun to see a lot of actors who became famous after this to to see them in their younger years oh uh, yeah different smaller parts totally totally i i saw you nodding there brian did you was that your classic maker as well or something else no it's total agreement um one of the uh dale over here wrote in about seeing buck taylor and charlton heston harry carey jr um that was that was really neat to see oh yeah uh, all those yeah, old ones, yeah. yeah um, Terry O'Quinn playing the mayor of. Oh of, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Used to, there's a actor who used to be in um, Northern Exposure. Always played the really nice John guy. Corbett. John Corbett mm-hmm. is one of the cowboys. Um, yeah, just all these actors who just you see. Um, uh, Stephen Lang is Goofy. I Clanton. Um, all the things to your. See him, and he's in uh, one of his major roles as an Avatar recently. Okay, Batty uh, in that one. Listen uh, to your friend Billy Zane. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, just Billy they, Zane. Yeah, even even uh, Luke Perry just kind of does oh, that. Yeah, time. that's yeah. uh not Luke Perry. It's uh oh Priestley. yeah. I get the I you know I got them confused too. <laughs> yeah, I I also loved uh, Howard. <laughs> I also loved uh, Powers Booth. I, I really appreciate his, his... Powers Booth is fantastic. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so all, all the extra side characters. That's uh, Wait, was that your... You know, you no, were agreeing the that you... actors themselves. And I would actually love to see more of the main actors and, and just actually more of the story here. In fact, I would have loved to have seen this as like a miniseries, like a 12-episode like thing mm-hmm. to see where each one is coming from. And I don't know if you I, need 12. I'd go with four maybe, but let's either... Here, it's my classic maker. I say twelve. Francisco's like, I don't want to enjoy this awesomeness <laughs> too much. 
I think four is just the right. Hey, you want right to leave them? You want to leave people wanting more? And I want more of Brian telling me his actual classic maker. My classic maker for me was when they are in trouble when they finally deputize Wyatt. Mm-hmm. He goes back to his his cottage, opens a dresser drawer, and there's the that Buntline classic that the people of Dot uh, City gave him mm-hmm. uh, when he was the sheriff there. And it was just you wouldn't think they'd get something put something like that into the movies that, you know, would just kind of hit home and go, you know, here's this piece of, you know, law enforcement uh, history that not many people know about, mm. but that's really integral to, to Wyatt story. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually been to the actual Tom Tombstone a few times. You can actually go see that bought my classic of his. Oh, cool. Uh, in, in a museum in town. Wow. Um, my father watched the wider television show that used to be on in the 50s, and that was a major part of the show, was that my classic Wyatt Herb. So when he got to see it up close, he, you know, a man in his late 50s, he just lit up like a child seeing that. <laughs> That's really awesome. Very cool. I'm glad you got to experience that. And and you said you were there with him, right? Yeah. I was yeah. Saying, so yeah. I'm glad you both got to experience that. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, that's that's Wyatt Earp's actual line class, line special people Dodge City gave him. You know, and I was like, wow. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Uh, let's go back now. Let's get Nate's classic maker. What's the thing you love most about Tombstone, Nate? The thing I like the most had to be uh, Val Kilmer's Doc Holiday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, when I when I saw him, like I I wasn't even really familiar with the uh the historical figure of doc holiday mm-hmm. before i saw the movie like i said in 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 high school um and there was just there's just kind of the way that he carried himself and like i was looking forward to every single line that would come out of his mouth like when i saw it for the first time because totally. I, I just had this feeling that i was gonna say something sarcastic or he's gonna say something you know to, to rile somebody up. And so Doc Holliday just became this character that, um, that it's one of the reasons I enjoy the movie so much. I mean, yes, everything in my opinion works so well around it. Mm-hmm. Um, if he wasn't in it or, or at least if they had portrayed his character a different way, I just don't think it would have been nearly as entertaining. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. For the standoffs and things like that. I think you got the character just right. Mm-hmm. Um, even my login information on this thing is Doc Holiday. Like I've used it a lot of <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Throughout my life, so I just really, really like the character. I think he does a, an amazing job. That's awesome. I stand corrected, Nate. You're an oak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, you gotta save some for the end, Paul. Um. Well, you know what? Mine, mine pretty much goes right along with. Uh, well, mainly uh, Nate's, but a little bit of Paul's too. But I just, the friendship that you see between Wyatt and Holiday was just, I don't know, the way that Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer played it. You just you just know that there's all this history to them. And especially for someone like me who's not familiar with like all the different movies that uh, show these characters, this is probably my only one that I've seen these characters in. I, I, I know instantly that there's this they have this past and it's there's probably there's a lot of probably shared uh blood spilled in the same mud and just like all this great history between them that 
I, I just I was just amazed at how these actors were able to emote that because you don't get a whole lot of dialogue about them. You just they yeah. they just instantly know each other and the the way they quip each other. And oh, was it he? Uh, I think Wyatt introduces a holiday to like the sheriff or the marshal or something, and he's like, <laughs> "Darn you, what?" <laughs> oh, I I just yeah, I I really appreciated their friendship and how. Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer uh, played them. So, so with these guys, I like these guys. Uh, Kale Guapo. Oh <laughs> we also have a uh, Dale here live in chat. He says his classic maker would be Kurt Russell's eyes during the scene with Dana Delaney during their horseback riding, or maybe Kurt Russell in general. He looked like a Travis Tritt. I don't know who that is, but he was just right for this version of Wyatt Earp. I, I'd agree with you there. What was that, Paul? I think Travis Tritt is a singer. Oh, okay. If he isn't, I bet he can sing, which makes him a singer. Great, guys. That's Well, you know what? Kurt Russell did play Elvis Presley, Priestley, so I think yeah. he probably can sing some. Oh, guys, speaking of things I liked, have you heard of our official sponsor, That Story Show? I think I caught them at my local Old West Theater, right? Uh, maybe... Theater. I mean, That Story Show did recently have a live show of their clean comedy podcast. That Story Show's James and John are sharing hilarious real-life stories and inviting you to do the same. Check them out at thatstoryshow.com or wherever fine podcasts are sold. I thoroughly enjoy That Story Show and really appreciate their sponsorship of our movie game time traveling prospect. Uh, again, check them out at thatstoryshow.com and tell them Retro Rewind Podcast sent you. Seriously, check them out. They're a lot of fun. It really passes the time away. Mm-hmm, totally. To them. But what does the uh, that story show have to do with the movie Tombstone? Oh, it, it's as clear as an Arizona sunrise, Paul. Oh, they tell Wild West stories all the time. No, no, no. The Earp brothers are all played by actors with single-syllable names. You got Kurt, Bill, Sam, and... John and that story show exactly is hosted by James and John one syllable names. I mean, it's, it's, it's like they were in the okay corral. Does that mean you're not invited? Francisco. <sighs> okay. Okay. Apparently you're not happy with that, Paul. How you want some actual uh, trivia that's germane to tombstone? Well, at least related to, I don't, we don't have to get germs involved. <sighs> okay. Did you all realize that according to an interview with True West Magazine in October 2006, Kurt Russell admits that after original director Kevin Jair was fired, he, that is Kurt, directed a majority of the picture. Uh, According to Russell, George P. Cosmatos served merely to make things run smoothly. So I had never heard of that. Um, Was that familiar to any of you guys? Nope. 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 All right. Well... Now you know, and no one's half the battle. But, exactly. Uh, That leads me to ask you guys, who is your favorite film director, and do you think they would have done a better job than Kevin, Kurt, or Cosmatos in directing Tombstone? So let's start with Paul. My favorite director right now has got to be J.J. Abrams. Really? Now, would he have done a, a better job directing? I think so. Add some lens flare, that <laughs> like the the shiny like uh, spurs, and like you got yourself a good some action and some 
some really cool development story in the character. So, uh huh. Okay. Uh, how about Brian? Um, I'd say John Huston, but I think he did a previous version of uh, like an, a, a Tombstone type story. Um, modern director, sure. Oh, but you could go with John uh, Huston, and he could just this could be like a, a him trying again or doing a better job true. or yeah reboot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, or I'll go, how about with Frank Capra? That'd be an interesting one. Oh, that would be interesting. Well, since he directed, I don't think I'm, I've heard the name, but I'm not super familiar with his work. Um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Okay, I'm just going to have to admit to a lot of not seeing classic movies. So a little, little, enough of that. Uh, Nate, who's your... The relationships between the characters, see if it, you know, it's, digs me deeper than what we saw in the movie. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Uh, so... John Houston, we have uh, John Houston, J.J. Uh, Abrams. Uh, Nate, does your favorite director start with a J in their name? Uh, no, no, I sadly, no. You're out. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Jar Jar Binks, no. Uh, oh, gosh. He doesn't direct. Uh, <laughs> no, I would love to see what Christopher Nolan would do with yeah. a Western. Mm. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, because I don't think he's think, tackled a Western before. I, I don't think, say, yeah. Don't, some I would people like, argue that the Batman movies were kind of like westerns, like you know, Gotham is the town and and Batman's the sheriff. It's a stretch, but I would like to see what he does with like an actual western. I think that would be. I just oh. would. I would really like his style applied to something like that. Mm-hmm. There's dust on my boot. Forget it. <laughs> Dale says he. Probably Steven Spielberg. He says he's not sure that Spielberg would do as good of as the director, but I think he could. Yeah, I mean, I think I like most all of Spielberg's movies, so I don't Especially know. Especially E.T., right? Though he's done, what was the Western he did, which I've never seen? Like the, I know he's done one because I've seen Sugarland Express. Isn't that a Spielberg movie? No, try. no, that's fine, guys. Just leave me hanging. I don't know. All right, fine. <laughs> is Sugarland Express a Western? I don't, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> there's a Sugarland, Texas. If it if there's a train, does it that automatically make it a Western? <laughs> the Taking of Pelham 123, definitely a Western. <laughs> Murder on the Orient Express, the best Western I've ever exactly. seen. Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking Polar Express. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. A good old Christmas Western. Oh, yeah. Like this movie, Tombstone. Christmas Western. Uh, honestly, I mean, I feel like my favorite director right now is Christopher Nolan as well. And I, I do think he would do an awesome job. Uh, so just to be a little bit different, though, I think it would be interesting to see the Russo brothers take on this film, especially given their, their ability to juggle lots of characters and oh, yeah. um, especially and a core group of heroes, so I think that that'd, that'd be, be awesome. Really, that'd, that'd be, be really interesting. Uh, so, but only four episodes, right? What <laughs> fall? Yes, only four episodes. Only four. Not twenty minutes long. Not so it's actually minutes. a shorter movie in the end combined. <laughs> they'll make four, and then they'll run it by Francisco for his <laughs> blessing to make more. How does that sound? And they'll say no. That sounds. Okay, Corral. <laughs> wow, guys. And now that you have found out some trivial info about us, let's find out what memories you, our awesome listeners, had about Tombstone 
Dustin Warford says, Mad Martigan is just as good with guns as he is with a sword. One of the best westerns ever. Dre Yusuf says, everything. Dano1013 says, best movie ever. RevDep says, my favorite, with three exclamation marks. Whoa. Dirty Steve 40 says, one of my favorite lines in the movie is, you're so, dr- you're so drunk, you're probably seen double. I've got two guns, one for each of you. Patrick Edwards says, I'm your huckleberry. F-150 underscore FX4 underscore 23 says, well, well, how the H are you? What? I am rolling. Love Tombstone. Can't wait till Doc Holidays in August. I'm your, I'm your huckleberry. I don't really get what that Doc Holidays in August thing is, but cool. Bell Matsu, Frederick Beeping Chopin. <laughs> Catherine Arthur uh, or Catherine Dart Arthur says, "I love this movie. Will you be my Huckleberry?" Val Kilmer was awesome. Wardell White says, "Hollywood's continued interest in Wyatt Earp. Kevin Costner's contribution in this movie. This one won. Ooh. It had Powers Booth. He was keeping the vice president hostage or helping Brandon Lee get the bad guy. He was." Another bad guy who picked the wrong person to be his huggle bear. <laughs> That's all over the place there. <laughs> Philip heard said, Anybody else find it ironic that the tough guys in this film wore dandy red handkerchiefs around their necks? Just saying. I remember that I liked Wyatt Earp better. Ooh. LJ Lowry said, This is definitely a Hollywood Western and a good popcorn flick. Not terrible, but not superb either. One of the first Western movies I watched with my dad. Oh, cool. Uh, The Dapper Man says, truthfully, it is just okay. Westerns is one of my favorite genres in film, since that is what always played on my telly growing up. I remember this playing a lot, but me, dad... But my dad always changed it, and I never knew why he did so. I finally got to see it about six months ago. Val Kilmer is what makes the movie glow. He is superb. Kurt Russell is good, but everything felt really bland. Even with Bill Paxton's master of one-liners, just felt like an easily missed opportunity. The end credits scene is a nice homage to what classic Western pictures. It's just not something I would highly recommend as Western, as a Western movie enthusiast. And Alex Ortiz wraps us up with It's long as H-E double hockey sticks As a kid I watched an American tale Fievel Goes West Better than the original And yep. I was introduced to Wiley Burke Now I can't hear Wyatt Earp Without thinking of the superior Great Dane of the West named Wiley Burke <laughs> Wow James, uh, Jimmy Stewart right Who did Wiley Burke yeah. Yeah, yeah it was exactly uh, who who was um and Mr. Smith goes to Washington, right? Yeah. Right, that movie, yeah. Uh, so those <laughs> it all back around exactly. Uh, so those last few comments, speaking of bringing things back around, uh, lead us right into the things we didn't like so much about Tombstone. So it's time for our was three. All right, let's start with Nate this time. What's something you didn't like about Tombstone? Well. The costumes were good to, to I think I, I yes, shared that. I did. You better say they're did you, good. Did you, Francisco? Yes, I did. But the, oh man, the roads were way too clean. 
It's like oh. somebody brought in the dump truck and just shoveled fresh dirt like onto the paths, and then some some uh, props guy or something sprinkled fake horse droppings on the on the path here and there. Like when if you've seen like the series uh, Deadwood or, or anything like that, the, the the creator of that show was all about authenticism as far as the condition of everything, how everything looked, how dirty everything was. And the streets are just mud. They are just like a slog because you just have animals leaving all day. You have rain that can't drain anywhere. You have, so it, the roads were disgusting and just watch it. Like having watched that whole series and going back to this movie and watching the roads, it, it was, it was, I couldn't believe it. It was, it, they were so clean. Like it was just, I just, and it was everywhere. Like it was out in front of like the ranch that they went to. It was in tombstone. All the roads just looked like there was just fresh pay or fresh dirt laid wherever the actors were about to do their scene. So I just, that was the one thing that just kind of took me out of the uh, authenticism of it. But, but Nate, they, they're, they're flush with silver. So they could, they had, they pay those, those dump wagons to come in and just put on fresh sand. I, I, I thought you knew that. Oh. Sure. No, totally, man. Yeah. You, you're right. You proved me wrong. I completely <laughs> retract the past couple minutes and uh, I apologize. <laughs> you are forgiven, Nate. Uh, <laughs> you should see Dr. Quinn medicine. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, you should see it, but yeah, not for the realism. Uh, Paul, what was unrealistic or just a dislike for you in general about Tombstone? It's like for me in general was Doc Holliday. Now, Valcomer's- are you? You're oh, you're kidding. This is one of your classic. Paul is like oh, uh, Doc Holliday. I like uh, him and uh, and Top Gun. Ha ha. My real dislike is no, no. <gasps> Unfortunately. Doc Holliday, I will say it was and is my favorite character to watch in this film. Oh. But he is a bad guy. They set him up to be a bad at the beginning, he just steals like wads of cash when walking out of a room at gunpoint. This guy is 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 friends with the law. I and the what I didn't like is by the end of the film, I'm rooting for him i'm rooting for the bad guy and i don't like that i mean there are movies out there where it's like uh i think we've talked about this before but like the remake of italian job you're basically rooting for the bad guys who aren't as bad as the bad or bad guys or so like I, oceans 11 another example yeah, of that yeah. yeah so i i don't like the fact that's just me personally i don't like so the fact that you I'm don't like that you like someone exactly <laughs> yeah sure that's fair um <laughs> Brian, uh, do you have a as nonsensical a dislike as Paul? <laughs> Some of the cheeseoid moments when the three Earp brothers get together, especially when he gets off the train, it's the, the three brothers and the three wives, and they're all staring in, in a, their reflection. Um, that was just like this extreme cheeseoid moment for me that just kind of took me out of the movie. It was just, you know, sugary and yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that scene was too long. I yeah. Uh, if they had cut it in half, I think it would have been fine. But I didn't think it. It didn't pull me out. I kind of liked seeing them all together like that. Uh, I but I agree with Brian. It felt like just it felt it almost felt like they're trying to go for a, a cla- like a fifties or forties western vibe with just that one scene, which was an odd choice in my opinion. 
So I'm right with you, Brian. You just said, Brian, how that, that was cheesy, them right next to all their wives and stuff. And one thing I didn't like was actually the dynamic and the relationship between Wyatt and Maddie, his wife. I just did not understand why they were married at all. I just did not. That's what happens in life. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I mean, they didn't seem like they, I, he seemed like he loved her, uh, at least in sort of a, uh, an honorable, like, I decided to marry you, so I'm going to love you type of way. She didn't seem to really reciprocate that. I wonder if that is just her headaches or what have you, but it just, I, around. he drove her to drinking according to her. Well, though, apparently if you heard in the, the, was it the, the, Monologue at the end, voiceover at the end, that she died of a drug overdose or oh, something yeah, like that. Oh yeah, gotta fix this real quick. Make well, it more palatable. I think. What was that, uh, Brian? Yeah, a lot of them was liquid. Liquid heroin is liquid her- heroin. Oh, the drug I was... addiction. What happened to her? It's actually quite tragic. I mean, he didn't divorce her or anything. She, you know, just yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get to more about that whole uh, dynamic here in a second. But I will say, I didn't. The way the movies set up their relationship, it's it's almost like. Well, that's just going to go into my tragic maker. I'll just say they they didn't set up their relationship very well. I thought it wasn't very well put together, in my opinion. Okay, moving on. Before I get on a high horse. See, because it's a Western high horse. It's funny, guys. Uh, let's go back to Nate. What's something else you <laughs> you didn't like? Well, there wasn't a whole lot that I didn't like about the movie, so it's kind of a reach. But uh, I, even though it's totally historically accurate, I'm I've I, every time I see the movie, I'm super bummed that Ike Clanton didn't get shot. That he, <laughs> that he survived, and I know that that's really what happened in 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 history that he no actually died, died during a bank robbery. But the way that they, the way that they did it in the movie, I mean, Whiter had his gun drawn and just holds it for like a couple beats. while Ike is, uh, Ike is, you know, trying to rip off the sash and throw it down. And, and then why it's all of a sudden just like, okay, I guess he's not a bad guy anymore. It's like, come on, this guy's a scumbag and he has tried to kill you so many times. And it shows them like, it shows all the, 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 the heroic posse shooting from like a hundred yards in the distance. And they're just going guns blazing, assuming that they can make out who's a cowboy and who's not. You're telling me Wyatt Earp is going to point a gun at this guy who's tried to kill him and his friends multiple times and just give him a chance to pull that sash off. No, he is blowing a canoe-sized hole through Ike Clinton's head like he threatened to do earlier, and that is how it should have been, even though I know it didn't happen in history. So Okay. Yeah, not, I didn't get that canoe reference. Like, like uh, no, canoes don't have holes. That's why they float. No, a canoe-sized no, hole. A canoe. Oh, I thought it meant like a canoe. Like, <laughs> okay. Or yes. Turn your head into a canoe, and then it's yeah, and then blowing, like literally blowing the top part off of it and making it like a taco. Oh, I think you're thinking of a kayak, Paul. Now I understand because oh. I was like, how is that gonna make me like jump on him and like use him as a flotation device? Oh like, if that has a hole in it, it'll sink now. Wow. Okay, so. I, I know I just went, but this goes right into my next dislike, uh, Nate. 
And that's the way this movie is structured. I know. I think I. I feel like both uh, Brian, uh, Brian, and also you, Nate, liked the the overall story and the pacing of this movie. But for me, I felt like it was just structured so oddly. It went from like it's almost like so it's it's building to the OK Corral, and it's like oh that's a good climax, and then. I, I paused. I paused it while I watched. I'm like, "There's an hour left. What's happening?" Yeah. And so then it goes and it builds up to uh, taking out the posse. That um, who who's uh, Powers Booth's character? Uh, let's see, Curly uh, Bill. Curly Bill. Yeah, uh, the part where they're sort of like uh, crossfire between them, and it's like, okay, maybe this is gonna be the climax. And they take out Curly Bill. Okay, no, that's not the climax. Okay, now we're going to. Oh, oh. We're staying up. Okay, they're finally gonna be the face off between uh, uh, J- 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 Hicks, <laughs> Dang, uh, Ringo, Ringo, Johnny Ringo, and uh, Wyatt Earp. Uh, but then it's not. It's Doc Holliday. Then that's great. But then it's just sort of like this real quick. Uh, come on, come on, and then uh, and then it's over. And then there's still more movie. Was, uh, this was it's not like to me. Should've... Shorter, like only four episodes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, but so I would have preferred if they had started with the OK Corral. You know, start off like like James Bond does. Start with a big action piece to get you really into this. So start with the OK Corral and then build up to the the I I'd say the final fight between Doc Holliday and Giant uh, Ringo. It would be a good climax if they just shot a little bit better, so that Francisco in the future could understand better what's happening. Then that'd be that'd be uh, cheddar. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to start with the OK Corral because I was kind of disappointed in the size of the OK Corral. It was only OK. <laughs> you had me. Oh my gosh, that was good. Um, no, uh, so I just I don't know that. I, Return of the King gets a lot of guff because it's like, oh, so many endings. They earned it, though. They had two movies of storylines. Oh, they were trying to wrap up. Four episodes. <laughs> I'm not making my case very well with that. No, but I'm saying I, I feel like they just needed to have one sort of final showdown and not have all these sort of sub showdowns that I kept thinking, oh, this is what it's really building up to. And then it's like, oh, no, just, oh. we're still going. I loved every single one. I mean, like every showdown, and I think it was critical that they had that they had that uh, narration and and history leading up to the OK Corral because it makes it makes Wyatt Earp's pronouncement when they're walking down the streets like how do we how did we get here? You know, it's because it went from just like moving to Tombstone, wanting to start a, a thing and just be part of the piece and and everything to how did we get here? And now we're all. Uh, sworn in and we're about to kill some people and uh yeah so here's what i'm saying for the sake and a braveheart mel gibson did this excellently he didn't follow every single beat for beat that happened with william wallace to make braveheart he made it a movie that was entertaining so i would have preferred that they had just rejiggered history to make the okay corral be at the end and have like the standoff between doc holiday and giant ringo be the thing that sort of caps off that standoff and you know what, I, francisco what they made yeah. tombstone a movie that in my recollection most people find entertaining but you don't so it's okay <laughs> and there have been so many previous films that just where they did cut off after the, the fight at the OK Krill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just so many that were made about Tombstone. Okay. Um, where that was the, the big down at the end and, you know, 
seek other and, movie. Yeah. So they want to go on for that's yeah. fine. That's why I'm saying okay, make OK Corral the beginning, and then uh, I first don't think. Episode. And then what? That's the first episode. <laughs> okay, I've talked enough. Let's get back to. Uh, <laughs> let's go to uh, Brian again. What's something else you just liked about uh, Tombstone? Um, the way they really whitewashed the character of Josie. Um, she was not an actress. She was, to put lightly, what they would call a soiled dove, uh, although she was like a celebrity one. <laughs> oh, okay. And um, so the whole, yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. I think they could have been a little bit more honest about that rather than say she was this big actress from back east to, you know, the birdcage was a theater, but it was also that other Says so. I think they should have been a little bit more honest about that, mm. especially with again the relationship between Maddie and Wyatt, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of really bringing the relationship between the two female characters and, uh, you know. <laughs> well, they kind of they kind of hinted that the the brothers got their wives from the the saloons, quote unquote. Yes. Oh. Was that what they meant? I didn't catch that. Okay. I know they said something like that, but I wasn't gathering that that's what they meant. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So just that they're more honest. So even more historical. I'm going for less history. (laughs) And Brian's going for more history. So really, this movie was trying to go this middle ground and should have just picked one or the other. I get it. Okay. I get it. All right. All right. uh, let's go back then. Uh, Paul, give us one more just like before we get to our tra- tra- tragic makers. You know, honestly, a lot of uh, my dislikes, and it sounds like a lot of yours is, and I mean yours and everybody here has lightly touched on it, but is the way they build characters and how they build them. Um, that whole scene with uh, Wyatt Earp and the crossfire and the creek mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just totally took me out of the movie. Like, no way. Is this, yeah, it could have happened. Yes, there are miracles that happen where, you know, guns misfire and like everybody's shooting and they all miss the one guy taking a, a last. It should have been his last stand, but, but it wasn't. And, I, and even though they made some funny jokes referring to it, like, have you ever seen that? Seen it? I've never, you know, I've never even heard of such a thing. Or where is he? Oh, he's down by the creek walking on water because he's perfect. But that whole scene with him confronting, there's no buildup for that. Like, if you've ever seen Rogue One, the, the, the blind guy in that, he has a similar scene where like he's in the middle and fighting a whole bunch of things. But there's a lot of buildup that leads to that that makes that a good payoff. So I'm fine with having Wyatt Earth in the middle like that. But you've got to build it in such a way that it it's a big payoff and not something that's just like, ah, what is this? Like in the middle of this going on. If I can't have Ike Clanton get shot off his horse, then, and they're going to stay true historically to who survived, then White Herb can't die. I mean, yes, they shouldn't have put him in that circumstance to begin with. In fact, that whole scenario is my tragic maker. So <laughs> that's, that's you had... If you want me to speak on it, I can kick off the tragic maker. <laughs> go for it. Go for it, Nate. Yeah, no, I think I think that whole showdown was uh, just kind of unwarranted. Um, I, I don't think there was enough 
I mean, there was tension between him and Curly Bill throughout the movie, obviously, yeah. but um, I just thought it, it kind of entered this level of suspension of disbelief that was just asking too much. Like everything else was like, okay, with highly skilled guys and shooters and lawmen, you could kind of see everything happening, but I don't, I, and again, I don't know. I don't know if there was actually a river shootout where there was 10 guns all firing at Wyatt Earp and not a bullet grazed him. I don't, I don't think there was, but to put it in that, to put it in that situation and not have him die, that was just, that was my tragic maker. It, 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 uh, it just, it was, it was asking me to believe too much, I think, by that point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll make you famous. I mean, the director might have been emphasizing the 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 idea that he really didn't get grazed by a bullet in his lifetime, which was, you know, you you can call it God's protection or whatever, whatever you want to. How amazing that is! Um, and so maybe they were just kind of, okay, we're going to take it to the brink of complete disbelief where something so incredible happens. You know, maybe that was the goal. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Okay, yeah. But I could, there. yeah, I could see why that would make your tragic maker though. So Brian, what is your tragic maker? Is it, did it have to do with the, almost the over the topness or the, that it just didn't seem to really fit. What tell us what your tragic maker was. My tragic maker was that there was some historical inaccuracy as far as the fact that, and we kind of see this in the movie that the, the herbs weren't exactly innocents. They weren't exactly totally for the law. Mm. They helped perpetuate a lot of the violence uh, mm. and escalate a lot of things. And in reality, what actually happened in Tombstone was like a gang war uh, mm. between you know what the, the herbs had put together and what the clans had put together. Mm. And that's ultimately what OK Corral came down to was a gang war over territory. And, oh. you know, I, they kind of look to it in the movie, but they don't actually could just come out and say it. And I think that would have been something to to really come out and say is, okay, you know, these guys weren't totally acting for justice. They were acting for greed or, you know, whatever you'd want to mm-hmm. say, greed mm-hmm. or territory or however you want to put it. Quentin Tarantino and needs I get where they're together. Classic epic Western story, but at the same time, you know, anybody viewing it, any adult viewing, kind of see where, you know, they're just escalating things. Things are just getting worse and worse and worse. And they're not really standing for the law. They're just kind of like when Wyatt does, you know, the, the, the two brothers, uh, Morgan and Virgil want to go down to the corral and, and stop the Clantons. Mm-hmm. Wyatt does say, just wait for the, wait for the hangover to kick in and let them shut up. And they just insist on going down there. And so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's, I mean, uh, that's totally fair. Um, let's see. That's not anything like my tragic maker, though. Let's, uh, I feel like I'm going to get so passionate about mine. Uh, so I'll end, I'll end. Paul, why don't you give us yours next? Mine goes back to the character buildups. I think they did a great job with the original brothers. Like the first half of the story, Wyatt Earp has teamed up with his brothers. Mm-hmm. And they already have that connection that camaraderie that's kind of built there but the last half of the movie uh wider i guess becomes a marshal and mm-hmm. then like teams up with these other people who may or may not have been ex cowboys yeah 
to that's... find these people, but I would have loved to see more backstory on these extra guys mm. to find out and help me root for them. Like, okay, yeah. yeah, we had Team A. Now let's bring in the B team. Well, what makes these? I, I want to root for them. Like, I want to. So, if you go back and you add more episodes to Francisco's score. <laughs> character development in this and like so we can really get behind these guys and really root for them but i was really curious that's one of the things that um that i well that's the thing i was most disappointed in is this posse at the end like i want to root for them but i don't have good enough reason to root for them like i was rooting for the guys in the first half of the movie there wasn't that time to build up to them. Yeah, you almost want to see a little bit of uh, saving the cat for them early on, even while they're with the cowboys. Which actually, I feel like you do see a little bit of that, either in like hesitation or sure. But I want to know the characters enough to like really get in there and root for them. Okay, that's fair. All right. Well, something I never root for, and was absolutely. No, <laughs> that kid running out, I get he's just scared, and I love that Sam Elliott tries to save him, and that sort of motivates him to become the sheriff. That's not it. I I've said before, and I'll say it again. I hate sauerkraut. No, I <laughs> hate love triangles. I just despise them. Oh yeah, so much. So, and it doesn't help that, like I said, the relationship between. Uh, Wyatt and Maddie isn't really set up like they are really care about each other that much. At least that's how I saw it. And then uh, Josephine, this actress that comes in later, I just uh, I re- it really bothered me. I, I I made me remind me of um, my wife Christy, who was on our Night's Tale episode. She didn't really care for um, what was the name of the the uh, the main female lead in Night's Tale. Main female lead in the Night's Tale. Was it Jocelyn? Jocelyn. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I thought you were asking Josephine and Jocelyn. Oh, anyway, it maybe it maybe sort of like brown hair? no, no, no. It's nothing like that. <laughs> I, just, I just I was like, oh man, I really don't like this character. Oh, and I wonder if that's how my wife Christy felt about Jocelyn. Anyway, I it sort of caps off for me when Josephine uh, is giving this speech. About like I don't understand any of this. Um, he talking about when um, Billy Zane's character was shot, oh, yeah. and he's like, uh, he was just trying to do something beautiful to the world, and you just shot him. And I'm like, uh, so literally in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, I don't really care about this speech or your character because you're pretty much an athema to adulthood, in my opinion, Miss. I just want to live for room service, so. Uh, you know, Great, you're you're upset that you didn't get your way. Hmm. Yeah. Try to river well, about that. I mean, I'm sad that I'm I'm sad Billy Zane's character died. That that's certainly tragic because he wasn't doing anything. But her attitude about it, I just I just like I, I want I would have loved to have cared about her emotion there, but because of her just I just want to live for me, and for, it's all about whatever I desire. It's just like really irked me. Uh, Go to show you don't hang around Biff too long. <laughs> what? Bad company corrupts good character. And then Billy Zane gets shot, and you end up in a pile of poop. Yeah. Okay. That good. Good summary there, Paul. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so you that- think she was so upset because his character's death 
foreshadowed the actor's career death like 10 years later. <laughs> Billy or... Zane's career death? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm no? sure that's where it was, yes. Okay. On, on the Titanic as he went down? Oh, gosh. No? Okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. He was going to be in Titanic like four years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. And then, and then, I mean, Zoolander. After that, it's, Zoolander. It's only and like that. I said, it was about ten years. So yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> I know everyone who's probably listening for a while is like, "Oh, I saw that coming a mile away." But yeah, love triangles. Didn't like Josephine and how she she was trying to play uh, Earp's emotions against his wife's and all all that. It just really. I don't think me. she was trying to play the emotions against. Oh, each other. oh, oh no. Uh, um, uh, I think your horse is in heat. Uh, oh, really? I didn't realize. I, I guess we better seven. No, you know, we got race. And then, oh, I think she was just having fun. No, uh, oh, play. no. Uh, she was using her wiles all over the place. Sorry. <laughs> her wiles, her wicked wiles. Exactly. Her feminine I, actress wiles. What was it that? It does take out of the story of it. And it's really hard to care about the really wife's relationship with, with Maddie or, or with Josie. Yeah. And, and you know what? If, if during the whole, uh, when you just see, I'll, I'll, I'll end with one more thing. My, my final thought. Oh. <laughs> no, this this would have made this dislike less stinging is if you had heard about Maddie passing away and seeing her just deteriorate more, pulling away, and it is because of this drug overdose. And, and you see that, you know, why it's caring about her even to the end. And then, like, she dies, and like, okay, so now it makes sense that he would go and be with Josephine. You don't find out about that. I had no idea. I'm thinking he just, like, eventually just decided to leave his wife and, and go with Josephine here at the end so that they could dance in the snow. I That's didn't realize probably how it originally ended, and then they showed it to test audiences. In reality, he did just abandon her and, and tombstone. Oh, my gosh. She died, she died as a prostitute of a, of a drug overdose. That's... Great. Not such a nice ending, is it? <laughs> well, then I guess this is this is, this is why we just make this movie. You, we you don't have to make history. This story. isn't a documentary. Come on, what? Yeah, the real story is tragic. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Nate? Well, no, I, I mean I was going to say until Brian brought out the the historical fact that that's what happened. That well, the, the narrator said that she died shortly after she left Tombstone. Whether or not that is actually. Like if she, you said, she died in Tombstone. Then, like, I believe this. Yeah, I believe they they point out like the exact. Uh, yeah. Comedy. Okay. Because I was gonna say the only defense I could give Wyatt Earp, and there, he obviously doesn't have a great defense. But if if I was going to join a death squad to take down like an entire gang across the West, <laughs> and I put my wife on a train with my brother and his wife and all that other stuff, and she like dies a week later, then. I, you know, I mean, he, so he was—he wasn't there for her. It was kind of inevitable. But, that's the only defense I'm giving him. Like, I mean, that's fine, but at least tell us she died before she went to with Josephine. Just tell us that, she, please. She went on the Oregon Trail and died of dysentery. That's, that's super important to you, right? It is. <laughs> it is. Oh my god! She just gets a telegram. She passed on exactly. the Tucson. That's all you need. That's all. Oh, there you, you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Now that we've entered all our targeting information into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. This will be interesting. Do we rate 
Tombstone, a classic we'd recommend anyone would go see this movie, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, we'd only recommend this to people who have enjoyed it as teens or maybe earlier, but have enjoyed it in their past. Uh, or we would recommend it to no one. We would rate this a tragic. If you have fond memories of it, just leave those memories intact because a rewatch will resully them. We'll, we'll sully them, not maybe even re-sully them. <laughs> okay, so let's start with our uh, guest, Brian. One of our guests, Brian. How do you rate Tombstone? Classic, uh, nostalgic, I'm, or tragic? I'm going to stick with classic. Classic for Brian. All right. Uh, and, I mean, why would you say that, though? Why? It's a, it's a classic guy movie. Oh, okay. I, it's something you see other other guys will quote from it, and you just. Okay, let me ask you this: <laughs> above on your list or below Die Hard? Above. Above Die Hard. Okay, <laughs> bold move, Con. Let's see if it works out for him. Uh, Nate, uh, what? How'd you rate Tombstone? Uh, classic. Classic without, as well. Higher. Yeah, or lower than Die Hard? Oh, don't make me do that. Oh, I'm doing. I, I don't know. Die, Die Hard is higher just by a little. It's two different genres. Forget you. <laughs> <laughs> He's no, no. He says a cow, there's all this cowboy talk like, in Die Hard, so they might like as well one, both be westerns. Let, well, let me tell you, I've seen Tombstone way more than I've seen Die Hard. Oh, it, interesting. I, there oh, was okay. one summer. I, I think it was like my sophomore year. My best friend and I. We. Well, I'm not joking. We watched Tombstone, I want to say, averaging every other day during, the, during the summer. Oh, it my got, God. It got to the point where we could recite every single line in the movie in order. And 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 it, we would drive the rest of our friends crazy because we would just start reciting lines and get wow. through half the movie. And they'd be like, all right, you're no fun. Go away. <laughs> so, and it's still fun for you. So it's still so much fun for you watching it this time. And that's a classic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Paul, how about you? I predicted nostalgic, but I'm going to change my final rating to classic. <laughs> and that's because really? I would recommend <laughs> I, I If you haven't seen this before, I'd recommend it. If you have seen it before and you liked it, you, I think you'd like it again. And uh, so, yeah. Now, granted, this isn't like, oh, it's a must-see. Mm-hmm. If it's a West, if you don't like Westerns, don't see it because it's a Western. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's it's not a strong recommendation as 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 strong as um, other people on the podcast, but um, I, yeah, I would say, oh yeah, you should check it out if you haven't. Higher or lower than Die Hard, Paul? Lower. Okay. Okay. So Die Hard is higher, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I will agree. It's. Um, it it is a, a guys movie. If you sometimes like guys like to rent or get these movies like guys movies like Die Hard or uh, Ocean's Eleven. Like this is one of those like Braveheart that I would consider a guys movie. Um, guys, I would uh, have to disagree with you. Guys movies should not have love triangles. Well, that. that's what makes it a guys movie. No, that's uh, what makes it not a guys movie. There's there's uh, I was about to say what's his name. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wow, that's even worse. <laughs> What's the guy named John McClane? And then there's Bruce uh, Willis. Wife, and then there's Hans. That's a love triangle. No, it right is there. not. That is not a love triangle at all. <laughs> or no, it's, it's not. All right. Well, for me, <laughs> I rate 
I'm sure you're going to be stunned. I rate not Die Hard. <laughs> I rate Tombstone a tragic movie. I just what? I am stunned. I could not. I would not want to watch this again. <laughs> really? Well, what besides like the things that you didn't like really made you like really not like it? Like I don't want to see this ever again. The, uh, the big thing, I mean, the love triangle besides aspect love triangle. was a big part, but just the way it's it's paced. I want to see this movie totally rejiggered to have a, a just a more flu of uh, not fluid arc, uh, just a more. I don't know a less disjointed, disjointed arc to the overall story. I just wanted to to go from high point and then okay, now we're starting. We're gonna build, 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 build to the big climax, and then a little bit of an epilogue. I don't want it to be like like Lord of the Rings, up and down and up and down. Take that back, Paul Powers. Why, Francisco? The Does lines were great. I, I like Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer. <laughs> I like Bill Paxton. I like I like the main leads. I wanted to just see them throughout the whole movie. You know, Francisco, what? if I thought you weren't my friend, I just don't think I could bear it. <laughs> A week cross. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Uh, so, but according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate Tombstone uh, only slightly disputed classic movie we'd recommend anyone go out and see this whether or not you've seen it before and definitely see this again if you've enjoyed it in the past but you now it's, if, if you didn't mind triangles so much you might like more movies i'm just throwing that out there if you didn't like super silly stuff paul you might like more movies that's very true uh, all right uh now let's get back to our own time good old 20xx sets online Receiving incoming transmission. You like boring movies. You like more movies. It <laughs> feels good to be back. But we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1993 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflex capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating. Hey, I know him. Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, The Feel and Film Podcast, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, Mrs. Lomax, James Kennison, Daryl Hafner, Kevin Joshua Burnham, Drew of the Cellcast, in addition to four other awesome patrons as well thank you all so so much for keeping the gigawatts coming and if you want to help keep us flying for as little as one dollar a month and get bonus content for your generosity head over to retrorewindpodcast.com slash slash support to see how that's not two slashes i was just re-enunciating the slash you just re-slash the slash that's all <laughs> can't, and can't double slash a single slash <laughs> And while we're thanking our supporters, we want to give a big tombstone hug. I think that's not dangerous to our subscribers on Twitch, which is another way to send us a couple bucks a month. If you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. You can find out how at retrorewindpodcast.com slash Twitch Prime, which actually kicks us a couple bucks for free. So you exactly. don't have to pay for it. Amazon pay for it. Exactly. But hey, let's keep this gratitude train going because we love hearing from you, be it our iTunes reviews, Podchaser reviews, comments on our website, or through our contact form. And here's what some of you had to say actually on Podchaser. Uh, first off, a Hafner201 said, uh, five stars, found this podcast after the guys appeared on That Story Show. Glad I did. Uh, 
It's fun to hear about movies I haven't seen and to go back and remember the movies I have seen. Thanks for the show, guys. Thank you, Hafner uh, 201. Uh, then Dale71129 says, five stars. If you're a geek that has a love fest for movies from the past, especially those 15 years and back, uh, if you're looking for a place that reviews and explores, uh, then I might have a podcast just for you. The two hosts journey through time and take a fresh look at such classic, nostalgic, and perhaps tragic movies like Tombstone uh, from the past. Jump aboard this retro coaster with Francisco and Paul and whoever dares to jump in with them for a humorous but geeky ride. Thank you, Dale71129. Uh, Michael Withers, also five stars, says, Such a fun way to rem- reminisce about the past. You will feel like you know Francisco and Paul after the start, and the guests add their own unique flavor to each episode I, I can't miss podcast thank you nate and brian for adding your flavor to this episode really appreciate that silence okay that's fine and finally you're welcome <laughs> lopan the man uh gave us one more five-star review saying retro rewind podcast is one of the best podcasts on the internet the hosts are always entertaining and they always and they are always a joy to listen to, whether the movie or game is a classic or a tragic. The hosts always provide a positive and uplifting environment. Listening to the podcast is like sitting around the table with your friends and reminiscing about movies and games. And what better way to spend an hour than with the people that are a joy to be around and listen to? Thank you so much, Lil Pan the Man. Uh, thank you again, Michael Withers, Dale71129, and Hafner201 for those awesome reviews. You guys are also in the contest for the Willow DVD, which we are going to be drawing for tomorrow, July 4th, 2019. So if you're listening to this one, you, when it kind of came out, when it comes out, you've missed it, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, but you haven't missed leaving a Podchaser review. If we ever do another drawing in the future, I think we'll just pull from all the Podchaser reviews. So get them up there so you can be in the hat for the next uh, drawing. In the rooster? <laughs> what? Well, what are you, when you look on the internet and you see all those podcasts, you look and you think, God made all of this, and who remembered to make a little speck like ours? <laughs> kind of flattering, really. We're not to the end of this show yet, though, Paul. Oh, no, not yet. Never. No. This episode just keeps on going. <laughs> Part of, we're still on the gratitude train, right? That's Western. Thank you, everyone, for reaching out to us. We really appreciate it. We do. RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 179 is the place to find timestamps for this episode, links to contact us, and links for voting on the movies you want us to review. But that's not the only place you can reach us. Paul, where else can people find us on the show? Find the show and also yourself. So glad you asked. Feel free to talk to us and share anything you like or find funny that is 15 years or older. You can find us on social media. We are Retro Rewind Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can join our Discord server by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. Also, I mentioned we are on Twitch. You know that thing I mentioned before? Where you're oh, yeah, that, that thing you mentioned, yes. Yeah, you can watch and chat with us live as we record this podcast, like, right now. And uh, other now, people now. are interacting with, with us on chat. You can also watch us play retro video games or create pixel art by following us at twitch.tv slash retro rewind pod. And in addition, you can go to our subreddit, which is on Reddit. Have you ever heard of Reddit? I have. Well, we're on that. We're slash r slash retro rewind pod to nominate and vote on our upcoming movies. But if you want to find me, Paul J. Powers, you can go to pauljpowers.com. So stop by and say hi, please. 
I will. Because I'm lonely <laughs> out here on the internet by myself. <laughs> well, I'm glad I get to at least uh, sail with you, Paul. I know we're, we're sort of trying to do Western uh, colloquialisms, but I, we're on a ship, so I'm going to stick with the shipping, the the sailing metaphors. Really appreciate you being my exo uh, co-host on this uh, for this podcast, and also just a really amazing friend. So thank you so much, Paul, for for doing this with me. You're welcome. And I already said you are my friend. You are my friend, too. <laughs> I'm also grateful to our guests for taking time to discuss Tombstone with us. So, Nate, please tell us how people can find you online. And is there anything you'd like to promote? Um, yeah, thanks for having me. It was a great time, guys. And as always, um, I can be found at uh, Nate Voices on Twitter, uh, Nate Voices on Instagram. And, uh, and you can also, if you need a... A professional voiceover done for any sort of project you're working on, you can always uh, visit fiverr.com slash Nate Henderson and uh, let me know what you need and uh, we'll uh, we'll get you a cool voiceover. The coolest voiceovers, the in coolest. fact. The coolest. Yes. I highly recommend. Indeed. This. Nate is our go-to guy for some some fun stuff we do here on the podcast. Exactly. Go back to, like, what is it, episode 170? No, 164. Six or one sixty-seven and and higher to see some of that or hear some of that, I should say. Sure, but we're also glad that Brian could join us. Indeed, Brian, can you please tell people how they can find you online, and is there anything you'd like to promote? Uh, you can find me at uh, noisefromthebasement.com. It's my website. I cover uh, retro games, uh, old vinyl records, uh, classic toys, television. Um, you can also find me Noise from the Basement uh, on Facebook as well as on Twitter. You're in my basement? Making noises. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, I, I wanted to just reiterate, thank you so much, Nate. It's a pleasure having you back. Congratulations again on making Officer. Good job. Yeah, man. I was... I, I had no idea this was the 10th time. How, how, how cool. Thank yeah, you. Of course. And <laughs> Brian, so glad you're here to do your first first episode. Uh, so you're, you're only nine away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you again so much, both of you, for being thank here. It was a pleasure having well, you. Thank you. Of course. Uh, but that's not all. I mean, as much as I, I'm very grateful you guys are here, I actually appreciate someone else even more. And that would be you. Yeah, you listening right this second, whether this is your first time listening to the show or you're part of our Rad Rewinder community, thanks for spending time with us, and we pray you are more joyful now than when you first hit play. I have been and continue to be Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at FXRUIZX, and you can hire me to do pixel art illustrations for you via Fiverr, kind of similar to Nate, uh, but you can go RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Fiverr to get to the pixel art gig that I have. And finally, we are proud to be part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. You can catch us at CGC or our website. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for Return to Me on our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. This episode is over. I have nothing left, nothing to give you. I have no pride, no dignity, no money. I don't even know how we'll make a living, but I promise I'll love you.
at least until the next episode.